Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good middle of the night, depending on where you're listening to. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. We've got a wonderful, wonderful show in store for you. And and we're going to get to it because I really want to introduce my guest. But of course, first, we have our little section from my book, Everyday Awakening, uh, which, as always, you can get at everydayawakeningbook.com. And oh, by the way, um, I haven't mentioned it yet. So this is, I guess, my official announcement. I'm going to be co-author in an, antho- in an anthology that's coming out in about a month. Um, so it's, uh, the game changers, uh, book. It's a series of books. This will be volume seven. Um, and, uh, I'll be telling you all about that as we get closer to the launch date. Um, so, uh, I'll have a second book out. Um, but let's get started with our section from everyday awakening. So this section is entitled more is said with our presence than with our words. Communication is about more than words. It is about more than our voice, more than the music we make or the body language we use. Communication is a practice. It is a practice of using our whole being. It is a practice of presence. It is a practice of intent, of attention. It is a practice of feeling. It is a practice of focus. When we communicate, we are engaged with another in a precious way. We are giving, they are giving their time and attention to us. They are giving of themselves to us. It is up to us to honor that gift. And we honor it by being fully present with them. To see them, feel them, and experience them deeply. This way, they see us, feel us, and experience us deeply too. It is a holy communion, a sacred moment. We honor that sacred moment through the quality of our contact with another person. We honor it by standing fully in our own presence and by fully taking in their presence. When we truly show up this way for another person, they can feel it. More gets conveyed through how we are being with them, more feeling, more energy, more information than we convey merely by speaking. We say so much with our presence. What is your presence saying about you? So uh, I wrote this section of the book uh, probably about three years ago, four years ago, um, after going through a a workshop um, that was put on by the Evolutionary Business Council with a wonderful gentleman by the name of Satyan Raja up in uh, Vancouver area. And the whole weekend was about contact, was about how we connect with another And that in combination with the shamanistic work that I do, where presence is such a vital component to it, is kind of where this comes from. And it really sort of sank in with me how much we tend to place all of the value of our communication in words and sound and that there's this unspoken this 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 part of communication that is subtle yet profound that is actually more important than the words we say yet sometimes we barely notice it and that's presence that's how we're really being. And, and although the, this section isn't really a very long section in my book, this one is so important. And, and this is one that, that really speaks to my heart in a big way because I've seen it in action. I've seen the difference 
between people who are being really present in the moment with you and people who are not. Or when I'm, when I have been very present with people and when I've not been present with them. And it's amazing how much information there is, how much richness there is in the, in the field between us when we're really present with another person. Uh, one of my teachers, Armand, says that uh, the person who is most present has the most power in the room. Because if you think about it, if, if you're in a group meeting, a, a business presentation, a family gathering, whatever, if you're more present than the other people with what's going on around you, you notice things that other people miss. Somebody might seem a little nervous to you, someone else a little depressed, someone you can feel they're a little anxious about someone, uh, someone else may, you know, feel like they maybe don't feel safe to you. So our presence, and when we're really present with other people, we have more information than they do. And so then we're able to show up in a way and say things that the other person is probably thinking to themselves, Oh, was, was this person a mind reader? Like, how did they know that? And to the person who's just being very, very present, it's not mind reading. It's obvious. It's written all over their face, their body, their expression, their energy, how they feel. So I really want to impress upon you how important our presence is when we show up in a situation. And if you don't believe me, that's fine. Try it for yourself. Try having a conversation with a friend, being ultra, ultra present, and see what you pick up. And try not being so present and see the response you get from your friend. I think the contrast will actually tell you quite a bit. So I, I, I hope this speaks to you. I, I hope my, my loyal listeners who are watching and listening in, you know, you've heard me speak about presence in the past. But, but not quite to this depth. So this week, let's just make our homework being present. Like even in the difficult situation, especially in the difficult situations, work to be even more present than you usually are. And see if, if you can notice the difference. See if the person who uh, uh, you're with notices the difference. All right. So uh, that's my section of the book. The section is entitled more is said with our presence than our words. And that again comes from my book, everyday awakening. You are more powerful than you know. You can always pick it up at www.everydayawakeningbook.com. That'll just take you straight to our Amazon listing. And uh, for those of you, Ask them to look it up and they can get it for you. So um, I highly recommend we go out and support our small independent businesses. So please do that. Anyway, so that's that. And so now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome to the show uh, best-selling author, speaker, director, and producer, Jennifer Kaufman. Jennifer is the director and producer of the transformational movie, There's Got to Be More to Life based on a true story of Jen's journey of rising up from terrorism and childhood traumas, where she went from barely surviving to thriving. She's an executive producer of two Emmy and Telly award-winning films, A New Leash on Life, The, the K-9s, For Warriors Story, and Freedom Isn't Free, The Folds of Honor Story. She's an inspirational speaker, best-selling author, award-winning results coach, and founder of the Rise and Thrive Movement. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Jennifer. 
Thanks for having me, Sam. And I absolutely loved what you read at the beginning of this show. And if if I can, I'd love to speak on it because it reminds me of when I was it actually, interestingly enough, it was January of 2013. And I was at a woman's retreat with Louise Hay and Cheryl Richardson. And there was 150 women there. And I met this um, spiritual business coach. And that was a term that was new to me. I had worked with business coaches but I had never worked with someone that was a spiritually based business coach. So I was intrigued. Mm-hmm. So I, um, <clears throat> I did a, I hired her to do a, an in-person session while I was there. And I was telling her about my business and how I wanted to grow my business. My business at that point was actually doing really well. Um, I had just come off my best year in business. All of my clients had record-breaking years, but I knew that there was more. And interestingly enough, she said to me, I'd like you to work on your communication skills. I said, really? I said, I've done Toastmasters. I've been the president of Toastmasters. I've done Dale Carnegie courses. I've done a boatload of training in communication. She goes, no, this communication is different. I'd like you to sign up to work with horses. And they had them on the property. It was at Maryville Resort in Tucson. And I'm thinking to myself, how on earth is working with horses going to help me in my business? But you know what? It did. Because I had to learn nonverbal communication and manage my own energy with the horse. Now, I must admit, I was actually scared getting in the ring. I was scared mm. getting in the ring. It was me and, um, you know, a trainer and the horse. And this horse is, is huge. And, and they warn you. The horse will kick you if, you, if it senses fear and if, you, and if you're in certain places. And it taught me the importance of nonverbal communication and it taught me presence. Mm. It taught me how to communicate with a horse, not using my words. And it was powerful. Mm. I I can so relate. Um, A number of years ago, probably about five, six years ago, my wife and I uh, went for vacation to a, a, uh, not a dude ranch. It was, um, uh, uh, um, like, uh, 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 a, 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 um, um, uh, words family at the moment. It, it, it was a, a Mustang ranch and it was a place where, um, they had like re- a glamping kind of thing where they had these huge tents that you could sleep in and, and kind of out in the desert. And then you would learn how to ride these Mustangs. They had these wild Mustangs and they had a few that they had broken and trained and and you could ride on them. And it was so funny because I hadn't ridden a horse since, you know, I was a kid and my wife, I don't, hadn't ridden a horse since she was in China. And so we both get on, it was just so funny. And these big, big horses. And it was just so funny how like her horse just totally followed her energy. Like she running up in front of my horse. She, she like started behind my horse and ran in front of my horse and then went off the trail, which is totally her. And then my horse was just kind of slow and taking it easy and going along, you know, and, and it was, I mean, totally me. And so that connection with the horse and they're such magnificent animals. Oh my God. I've, I had, I gained such a, a renewed appreciation for these animals that they're, they're such magnificent creatures, but they, they know they get you right away. Well, they get the, they get, you know, we, we have on average 37 million cells in our body and each cell is packed with information. So when we're present and when we're in alignment with who we are naturally, we are sending codes and cues and energy Mm-hmm. without our words, without our communicate, without us speaking anything. And I have found it's actually more powerful. I recently was in, it was about a year ago, I was in New York City. And I, I saw an Asian woman who didn't speak English. And it was very clear she was lost. And she came and asked me directions. We couldn't communicate in a normal way. But I got what she was asking. And I found hand cues and gestures and then just guided her to where she needed to go. And it's powerful. Yeah, very, very powerful. All right. Uh, we're going to just take a quick break. And then when we come back, um, I want to ask you about how you got into filmmaking and, and how you even got into coaching work, um, just to, to kind of set the stage. And then we'll talk about 
that experience you had and, and, and sort of what you're working on now in your new life's mission. Okay. Sounds great. Wonderful. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc. And on Wednesdays, at 10 a.m. Pacific time at KMET in California. And of course, on all the major podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, the Conscious Consultant Hour is everywhere. And if you, you, you have a favorite podcasting platform and we're not on it, email me and let me know and we'll get to it. And we'll be right back with our guest, Jennifer Kaufman, after this. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Just want to give a shout out to loyal listeners, Patty and Sanaya. I see you're both on, watching on the YouTube live stream. Thank you so, so much. Um, for those listening who like are used to seeing our live stream video on Facebook, we're not on Facebook anymore, but we are streaming live to YouTube. So please go to our channel and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, uh, just uh, on YouTube, just do a search for Talking Alternative Broadcasting and you'll find it. It's like YouTube slash C slash Talking Alternative, something like that. Anyway, so just check that out. Um, so Jen, I wanted to ask you, well, first, how did you get into sort of the, the, the sort of coaching, personal development, personal transformation space? And then I want to know how you got into the making movie space. Well, um, it was, I was in my mid thirties and I was reflecting on life at that point. And I had been a very successful corporate executive woman um, who predominantly worked in the financial industry, but I was burnt out. And um, I was really in the space of there's got to be more to life. Um, I was traveling all around the world, but that was my life. Work was my life. And I yeah. was really at a point where I wanted more. And so I left the corporate world not knowing what I was going to do. Three months later, what emerged was I would start my own business coaching business. And I really wanted to work with small and mid-sized companies. When I made that decision... That was in October of 2007, not knowing in 2008, we would go through um, a pretty major economic recession. Uh, and statistically, um, at least a third of my clients at the time should have gone on a business, but we made a pact that we were all going to help each other. And we did something that a lot of people weren't doing at the time is that we collaborated with one another. 
And um, all of my, all of the companies I coached at that time made it through some barely, but some mm-hmm. actually, what I witnessed was some actually grew during that time. And it helped me to see that, you know, things are going to happen in our outside world. It's how we relate to that and what we make it mean that determines our results, whether it's our personal results or our mm-hmm. business results. Yeah. And so that's how I got into coaching. And I, you know, um, was doing consulting work too. And I did that. I still do that on some occasion for 15 years. And in 2012, my clients and I had record breaking years and I decided I was going to take a two month sabbatical, not knowing that that was going to be just a few months before I was standing 15 feet from the first of two explosions at the Boston marathon bombings Mm. and where my world was shattered in a nanosecond. And I was, I didn't know what to make of life at that point. Um, At the time I was a successful solopreneur and I hadn't yet developed passive income strategies in my business so that my business would work without me. So fortunately I had quite a bit of money saved um, and that carried me through for two years as I went on this journey of learning how to heal naturally, something I had no prior knowledge to do but something that, uh, that came very strongly as an intuitive nudge when I was in the ER on that yeah. day. Wow. So I just went on this journey and then, you know, to answer your question about filming. So fast forward four years into my, you know, healing journey, I was in the space of, okay, now what? And I had an opportunity to produce two films that were helping veterans and veterans families Um, that's something that's very important to me. And, um, from there, it was 2019 that I, through my prayer and meditation, asking for what's next was, it's time for you to create your own film about your story to inspire and encourage others that no matter what life throws your way, that you can rise up, that you can go on from that experience, actually grow from that experience and go from surviving to thriving. It's merely a choice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, uh, I mean, there's so much there. I just want to unpack a little bit to go from sort of a highly successful executive in the financial world, which is a very challenging dog eat dog cutthroat kind of world. I've, I've worked in it many, many years ago, but on the IT end to go from that to a place where you're helping and supporting people, that sounds like a pretty major shift. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious, was there something, I mean, other than just being burnt out, but was there something that kind of made you say to yourself after going through that experience that like you wanted to not just do something different, but you wanted to do something to help people? Yeah. So it actually happened a few years earlier. Um, it was on 9-11 actually. I was supposed to be on a plane that day and a couple of days before the plans changed, but we had a small office in the world trade center and um, all of our colleagues that were in the building that day, sadly lost their lives. And, um, and I knew people in the building that were either lost their lives or injured. And I was, excuse me, I was about to turn 30 and my dad was about to turn 50 in the next month. And my dad and I had been estranged for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And that experience of 9-11 shook me to the core, shook everyone in the world. And it got me, it it was my wake up call to say, okay, life's too short. You just never know when something's going to happen. And I reached out to make amends with my father. Mm -hmm. And we had started that journey. um, And then two and a half months later, unbeknownst to me three days after Christmas, my father would die tragically in a boating accident. And we hadn't fully reconciled. We were on the journey, Mm -hmm. but we hadn't fully reconciled. And I lived with such regret for several years after that, because I thought I had a lot more time. My dad was 50. He, you know, I would, I thought I had years ahead of me and I didn't. And so that, that experience really shook me to the core on another level and got me to say like, what is this, what is life really about? And there has to really be more to life. And I have had this notion since I was a little girl, how come we can't experience heaven on earth? 
And although I didn't know how to do it at that time, I always had that inquiry. I was raised both in the Catholic and Protestant church, no judgment at all. But what I heard them say was that in order to go to heaven, I had to be a really good girl, couldn't mess up. And I, I had to wait until I died for that to happen. And I'm like, really? What, then what's this thing called life about? Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't get it. So to answer your question, you know, I was like, I was just longing for more. I wanted to have more purpose in my life. I wanted to feel fulfilled. And even though I was very successful, you know, materialistically, you know, monetarily, I wasn't fulfilled. And me jumping into coaching small and mid-sized companies, I got to tell you, 2008 coaching those clients was such a challenge, but it was so fulfilling. Mm. I didn't feel like I was pushing papers in a corporate desk or putting out fires, you know, because of something that went wrong. It was different. And that kind of experience just lives with you. And then, you know, fast forward to now, you know, I want to be able to contribute and share what I've learned, albeit the hard way. And I want to inspire people that there's an easier way. You don't have to wait to go through something as horrific as I did to, to listen and to hear. Yeah. 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 It's sometimes we, we feel like, oh, there's got to be some big thing in our lives to cause us to shift and change. And, and no, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, I do want to talk more about your experience at the Boston Marathon. Um, but, but just before we go to our, our next little break, um, what got you started with making films? I mean, did you have any background in filmmaking? I mean, you know, to go from like being a, a finance executive to a coach to then all of a sudden you're making films, it seems like a little, uh, uh, a little bit of a jump there. It is a big jump. So remember the woman I mentioned to you, the spiritual business coach that Uh I hired to do that one-on-one session. She also had intuitive abilities and psychic gifts, which at the time I thought was really far out. And, Mm. but I, I paid to be there for an hour. So I listened. 99% of what she said to me really resonated, but she said one thing that, that stood out, which was someday you're going to work with veterans. This is before Mm. the bombings happened. And I was like, work with veterans. I absolutely love veterans and I have two uncles that served and I have the utmost respect, but I don't know how on earth I would ever serve or add value in their lives. Not knowing that fast forward, I would go through an experience that left me shattered. And I dealt with post-traumatic stress amongst all these other physical and mental um, issues that I had to rise up from. And so now it is my passion and I feel it's my duty to share what I learned and how I was able to break free of that indelible prison sentence I found myself in so that others can break themselves free and stop committing suicide. So I was featured in a book with Jack Canfield um, sharing about my story when we were out in Hollywood receiving our award and meeting Jack in person, the opportunity presented itself to produce a film called A New Leash on Life, The Canine for Warrior Story, which is all about veterans mm. being paired with service dogs and they're saving each other. Uh. And I knew, I sat in the back of the room and I cried. I'm like, this is my opportunity. So I signed up to be a producer. And then that led me to the next film. And, and then here we are, fast forward. It led me to direct and produce my own film. I never went to film school and we can talk more about it on the break, but I think this is what's possible when we open up to, to the infinite wisdom of the divine. What I love about your story and I relate to it so much. It's about just kind of saying yes to life of what presents what's like right in front of you in the moment. Like many people ask me all the time, you know, running talk radio.nyc, Sam, have you a background in broadcast? Did you always want to do this? And I'm like, no, I just met a guy at a party and, you know, I thought I'd help him to sell his business. Instead, I bought it myself. So it's sometimes the most magical things can happen when we let go of our plans, when we let go our ideas of like what's out there for us 
and we just show up in the moment and we just like say yes to what's in front of us if it really truly resonates with us. So I, I love that, Jennifer. I love that. Okay, so quick, quick break, and then we'll be right back. And then let's really dive into, you know, what happened to you that day at the Boston Marathon? And then what is, uh, there's got to be more life? What is it all about? And, 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 and what are you working on? Okay. So everyone, please stay tuned. I'm so thrilled. I'm, I'm Patty, I see. Uh, mentioned something about she heard eight wild horses were killed out in uh, Arizona um, because she thought they were protected. Yes, yeah, so one of my lessons from the Mustang Monument was the name of the ranch uh, in in Nevada is how much the, these wild horses are not protected and and how like cattle ranchers are constantly trying to find ways for them to be killed or, or, or finding excuses to get the government to kill them be, because it, it limits their grazing land. And it's just such a tragedy and, and such a shame. And uh, if you care about horses, you should really look into like the Bureau of Land Management's policy towards wild horses um, because they, they really are indigenous creatures, at least now. Um, and, and they're such magnificent animals. I, I really, um, hope that we can find a way to protect them from all this. So off of the soapbox, we got to take a really, really quick break and we'll be right back in just a moment with Jennifer Kaufman, uh, creator of the movie. There's got to be more to life. We'll be right back. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back. So, Jennifer, we've been kind of leading up to it. Um, why don't you tell our audience sort of the, the story that 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 moment in your life that literally everything changed for you and and how you were able to come out of that and and go from chaos to thriving, from trauma to thriving? Well, um, interestingly enough, born and raised outside of Boston went to university, both grad and under, uh, undergrad and grad school in Boston. And I worked in the city. I'd never been to the marathon, never. And this particular year, um, a very dear friend of mine, her son was running for Tufts Medical School. He was becoming a doctor. And because I know my way around the city really well, she said, will you come and, you know, cheer Dan on? And I said, absolutely. And so little did I know that I was missing out. I'm not you know, my idea of running is behind a white ball, a soccer ball, a softball, volleyball. And so long distance running was never my thing. And, but we decided to make a day of it. And we, we all ventured, there was about 20 of us that ventured out to a mile from the start line 
And we saw everybody, like the disabled runners coming by, which literally moved me to tears. I was like, wow, it's such an iconic sport. And I didn't value it until I got to experience it. And I was touched, moved and inspired and literally brought to tears. Anyways, we had a really magical day starting out and a group of us were going to head to the finish line. Um, Fortunately, um, it was just my dear friend and I, my sister, my two little nieces who were five and seven at the time, and my mom were supposed to come, but at the last minute they opted not to. And so my friend Marilyn and I ventured in and I remember walking up towards the finish line. Now you can imagine there, I mean, the, the Boston Marathon is probably one of the most iconic outside of the New York City Marathon in the world. And there are literally hundreds of thousands of people lined, you know, throughout, you know, Hopkinton to Boston. And this day was no different. And as we were approaching the finish line, I was very aware there was no formal security. And oh. I thought that was odd because I had been to a lot of professional sporting events where you had to check bags and stuff. But be that as it may, I was like, well, Boston Marathon has been going on for a number of years. I'm sure it's going to be fine. So we go to the finish line and, um, and next thing I know, uh, her son was about a half mile out and this eerily gust of wind came through. And the next thing I know, we were both laying on the ground and we heard this loud explosion. And what was so surreal is that imagine a crowd of people that are elated, like just so much joy is present. People are just cheering and screaming for their loved ones and friends that are running by. You've got announcers, you've got this really high vibe music. And then in a nanosecond, everything went to silence and you could hear the shattered glass hitting the ground. And then next thing you know, just a sea of people emerged and screaming in terror. And it was just absolute mayhem. No human being should ever have to experience that. None. And um, I, you know, I didn't realize I was injured at that point. I mean, my ear was bothering me, but I wasn't present to anything else. And we walked for 45 minutes um, trying to get away from the scene and all of that. And then I ended up in the ER and that too was a traumatic experience for me. And the doctors and nurses did an amazing job and the best they could. But the truth is, um, imagine being in an ER and a bunch of doctors and nurses are rushing at you and they're talking over you and you're wondering if you're going to live to see another minute of the day. Yeah. So my life flashed before me and I didn't understand it. And, you know, there is such a thing as survivor's guilt. Um, I experienced it. I wondered why my life was spared. I was 42 at the time. I was standing just a few feet from one of the the women that passed away sadly that day, Mm. Crystal Campbell. And I didn't understand it. And that next year was me learning how to rise up from my fear and terror. I was a very outgoing person, uh, very well known in the community, um, had recently been awarded the 40 under 40 award for leadership. And now I found myself afraid of my own shadow. Didn't want to leave my home. Didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to live, really. Um, And so year one was learning how to rise above that fear and terror. And then year two was learning how to rise up from my anger and rage. Hmm. I had a lot of physical injuries. You know, I had spinal injuries. I had a minor uh, traumatic brain injury as a result of the explosion I suffered from post-traumatic stress, which in of itself is a nightmare. Um, And so I had all of this stuff and and I was led down a path of learning how to heal naturally, something I had no prior knowledge of. And some of the things that I experienced, I would have never done if I wasn't in the situation I was in. I found it to be too out there. And I had this, you know, it was highly intellectual at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I had this notion, if this stuff really worked, why isn't it mainstream? <laughs> Little I, did I it know. was at one time and then it, <laughs> and then it got suppressed. Right. right. And, right. Then, 
And, but it was like, wow, like I learned so much about our natural ability to heal. I did all kinds of things, all different types of sound therapy, light therapy, um, shamanic work, um, you name it, I did it. And without any medication of pain, and I was in a lot of pain, but I used acupuncture and other modalities to deal with my pain, but my body needed some time to heal. So year I, I said to my practitioners, I want to be fully recovered from this within a year. No one said no to me. But as I was coming up on the year, I worked with a couple of different um, acupuncturists and one in particular was focusing on Chinese medicine. And he said to me, I didn't want to disappoint you, but he goes, I see your healing journey as a three-year trajectory. Uh, Year one is getting your physical body ready to handle the next phase, which is more the emotional aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, no, I can't be, it can't be worse than this. <laughs> little did I know. <laughs> little did I know. So year two was like, I didn't know who I was. And I had this surreal moment, Sam. Mm. I was leaving a support group meeting with other survivors and first responders. And listen, I told you I've been born and raised in Boston, right? We we yep. drive crazy. Um, <laughs> yes. And we cut people off. It's just a normal thing that we do. We don't take offense. Most of the time, we don't take offense to it. At least I didn't. And this one particular day I was leaving the hospital and somebody cut me off and I went into instant road rage, something I had never done before. And I chased this person, you know, and I'm yelling and screaming, beeping my horn. I was like, I was literally a raving lunatic in my car. Mm. Fortunately, the person made the light. By the time I got there, the light was red. Mm. Thank God for that. Mm. But in the moment of sitting there, at the red light, that rage turned into profound sadness. Yeah. And I realized, oh my gosh, who is this person? And at that moment, I realized a terrorist lived inside of me. And if I acted on my rage, Mm. I'd be no different than the two young men that at that time I hated and wished were dead. Yeah. And so that led me on a journey of, of learning how to forgive the unforgivable. Mm. And then I had an opportunity in court to speak my impact statement. And Uh. I was second to last. I'll never forget this. Um, I was second to last. And most people who chose to speak in public expressed their rage, rightfully so. And I had certainly been there. So there's no judgment at all. And I had gotten myself to another place. I was finally at the place I was willing to forgive. Uh, How many years later was this after the bombing? Two two years later. Two years later. Two years later. And I chose to forgive and I had no idea what would happen next. But what happened next was I had this overwhelming amount of peace that came over me when I spoke those words out loud in court. Hmm. I made brief eye contact with a surviving um, young man who placed the bomb, Yo, you know, Yohar. And in that moment, I had compassion for that young man, whereas mm. before I had profound hatred. Right. And over time, that compassion le- led me to being curious, curious as to who does this. And yeah. I learned that those two young men were raised in a war-torn country where bombs were being dropped when they were kids. I never had that experience. And I was like, wow. So my compassion learned, you know, morphed into such love for these two young men. And I can understand that when we don't deal and heal our traumas and that lays dormant in us, that rage can come out in ways that will harm innocent people. And in this case it did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's that, that old expression that violence breeds violence, that, that the hurt people hurt people, right? The unhealed wounded are the ones who wound others because that's what they know. And they haven't had the opportunity or the therapies or the, the, the space to come to terms with it. And in general, in society, we're not caught 
to taught to come to terms with this kind of stuff. We're taught to suppress it. We're taught to ignore it. We have to toughen up and, and get on with our work and, and, and get back to doing what we do. And all that does is make us more angry, make us more hurtful and, and just perpetuates the violence. And it's certainly not heaven on earth. Definitely not. Definitely not. All right. We have to take one last quick break. And so when we come back, let's talk about the movie. Um, there's got to be more to life. I would love to know where the title comes from and and why this film became such a passion project for you. Okay, Jen? Sounds good. Awesome. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. If you miss any part of today's show, remember, you can always catch it on all the podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and anything else that's out there. And we'll be right back with Jennifer Kaufman in just a moment. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers... Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. So, Jen, uh, you you made a couple of films before, and then you created There's Got to Be More to Life. Tell us about it. Where did the idea come from, and where did the title come from? So the idea came out of a prayer and meditation as to, you know, what can I do to serve humanity? And that came through in 2019, not knowing you know, we were going to be going into a global pandemic in March of 2020. Um, I'll be honest, I was like, I can't do that. I don't have, I don't have any film experience. I don't have directing experience. And why on earth my story? Like, who cares? Right. Mm -hmm. But that, you know, I, I remember I pitched the idea to an Emmy award winning friend and director who directed the first two films that I produced with. And I reached out to him. Uh, I'll never forget. It was on a, on a Monday. And he said, Oh my gosh, this is a great idea. And I'll put down the first $10,000. We'll get started. And I was like, and I got scared (laughs) and I go, I'm not ready for that. And here's the truth, Sam. This truth is as much as I love to talk and as much as I've spoken on stages in front of thousands of people, I'm actually a really private person. So to actually come on and admit that, yes, I too thought of killing those two young men at my bare hands and that I had a terrorist that lived inside of me that I had to heal is pretty humbling (laughs) and very vulnerable. And so long story short is I told myself I was too busy with my business coaching and consulting work at the time, and I didn't have time for the film. Mm. And then 
here's how the universe works. Fast forward, I had just finished working with some of my clients and I was pivoting to go on a 15 city speaking tour. This was February of 2020. March 2020, I had my first speaking gig, and guess what happens? It doesn't happen. It all gets locked down. (laughs) It all gets locked down, and every I'm now free as a bird. I have no more contracts for with my coaching consulting business. All of my speaking engagements are gone. And guess what? Came right to the surface when I said, Well, now what? That film. So I'll be honest, I went into it kicking and screaming because I didn't think I could do it. Right. And fast forward, we filmed in 2021. So people said, you're never going to be able to raise money, you know, during COVID I did. Um, And then people said, well, you're never going to be able to travel and produce a film during COVID. We did. (laughs) I intuitively knew that we could create this film, which is Next level, it's actually embedded with all kinds of sound frequencies. It's actually healing. So even if you just watch the film. So it's not about the bombings per se. It's about my journey and how I rose up in different modalities. But And I plant the film with different what-if statements to give people a chance to contemplate for themselves. What if trauma is a gift, which is a bold, audacious statement. And I remember Mm. when my meditation teacher said to me one day, This was about a year after the bombings took place. And I had gone back to my meditation, in-person meditation practice. And she said to me, someday you're going to see this as a gift. And I was so angry. A gift? (laughs) Do Do you have any idea what I've been through? But I had such respect and admiration for her. And I knew she would never intentionally hurt me. So she planted a seed that day that would take months to unpack and unwrap. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. And so I take people on a journey for themselves. Mm. What if you trusted your own instincts? Mm. What if you could create heaven on earth? These are just some of the things that we speak about in the film. And we've got Dr. Bruce Lipton, Dr. Sue Mortar, Eileen McCusick, some really prominent transformational leaders who I interview because they are mentors to me. And, you know, and so I wanted to create something as part of my legacy and leaving the world a better place. Uh, I don't intend to go anywhere anytime soon, but as my contribution back to humanity is shifting our perspective on trauma. And, And I want to be a catalyst for humanity evolving and rising up from trauma where we go from surviving to thriving. And so this film there's got to be more to life is literally my own inquiry in my younger years of me going every time I had a traumatic experience that happened, I was left at like, why is this happening to me? Not Mm. knowing that that was in of itself a victim statement because I wouldn't have viewed myself as a victim, but that thinking had me like, something's wrong with me. I'm broken. I'm not broken. Right. 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 Yep, we've all been there because life doesn't happen to us, right? It happens, it happens for us. Yes. And that was a that was a perspective that the that was one of the gifts the bombing gave me was mm. it gave me the perspective to shift my thinking. And when I shifted it, oh, everything opened up differently for me. Mm. And so the this film is part of a trilogy actually. So the first film is there's got to be more to life for anyone that's asking themselves that question. There's got to be more to life. Highly encourage you to go watch the film because you can go on an introspective journey. Plus you'll get some healing sound vibration and light, light frequencies that will help you no matter where you are in your life. You don't need to have gone through terrorism or anything, yeah. but it's just, but it's a great conversation starter, but we're working on the second film called there is more to life, ah. which get, which actually speaks to how people can start to create heaven on earth for themselves. Mm. They don't have to wait until they die to do it. Yes. And then the third film, the working title of that is can't make this shit up. And I know maybe I'm not (laughs) supposed to swear, but, but, but it's actually showing it's, it's intended to be a research healing study with veterans of post-traumatic stress and sexual trauma. And we take them through an immersion, a a 12 week immersion program. 
and we will document them and just showcase what's possible and how we can empower these people to set themselves free from their trauma mm. using holistic modalities in energy-based medicine. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Jennifer, it, it's been a pleasure having you on the on the show today. Um, we're, we're coming near the end. I, I just I would be remiss if I did not ask you if people want to learn more about you, um, get in touch with you. What's your website? Where can people find out more information about the movie? Um, my website is jennifercoffman.com. I'm all over social media as well. Uh, the name of the film is There's Got to Be More to Life. Um, if you type that in, it will bring you directly to rise and thrive productions where the film is um is there now the first film is ready to go and um yeah that's where people can find me and, and learn more i just started a master class series on thrive now to inspire encourage and empower people to take their power back and to rise up to thrive now Wonderful. not someday yeah. Yes, not someday, but today. Well, wonderful, Jennifer. It's been a pleasure having you on the show again. Uh, JenniferKaufman.com. That's Kaufman is spelled with two F's. So K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N. Um, and uh, the the movie, There's Got to Be More to Life. Uh, I think it's just got to be more to life. Doc. There's got to be more to to life.com you can also find it highly recommend it jennifer thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to come on my show today i truly appreciate you thank you it was a pleasure being with you today sam wonderful thank you so much and of course as always thank you my loyal listeners especially patty and sanaya thank you for for tuning in today and i know there are more people out there listening live and if you're listening on kmet Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Please feel free to reach out to me, email me, let me know what you think. Uh, you can always reach me at sam at talkradio.nyc. Uh, let me know what kinds of topics and uh, guests you'd love for me to have on in the future. Booked up with guests until July, but I got some really fascinating, interesting people coming on uh, in, in the next few months. So thank you all for tuning in. We will talk to you all next week. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. We live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc 
and I will be frank about help to advocate for all of us. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 